There are those of us who are such self-righteous Pharisees that whenever somebody falls, instead of picking them up, we step on them. Instead of picking them up, we talk about them. Instead of picking them up, we disregard them, hate on them. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor at the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad that you're with us as today we're beginning a new series, Getting the Backslider to Slide Forward. And Pastor, I love the fact that we're going to spend some time talking about this because it seems as if we hear all too frequently about someone has sinned and that turns into gossip and that turns into all sorts of mud being thrown and and, and people just... uh, never given that person a break again. And uh, we actually see something different in Scripture, don't we? Oh, yes, we do, because God's goal uh, for every backslider, for anybody that falls, is is not punitive, it's restorative. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that there's not something punitive that happens, because we always suffer the consequences of our sin. Uh, but when I matriculated here as an undergraduate student at the Moody Bible Institute, I heard a speaker say something I've never forgotten. He said, and you've heard it before, uh, it now has become something that's very common. And we usually say it's trite, but it's true uh, because we've heard it so often. But I heard him say, and the first time I heard it, he said, the Christian army is the only army that kills its own wounded. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, wow, we do that. And and I took it personally because I was one who did that. You could not fall and and I not just see, you know, and judge a person. Uh, but then, you know, God began to say, well, it could happen to you. Your, your mother used to tell you, never say never. Never say what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And so I began to... to say to any individuals who come to me, you hear about so-and-so, you hear about so-and-so. And I would say, are you part of the problem? No. Are you part of the solution? No. Then why are you talking about it? Yeah. Uh, because there go I, save for the grace of God. And I say that, I don't care what they've done. There go I, save for the grace of God. Well, and if the goal is for that person who has fallen, for that person who has sinned, to confess that sin, to get right with God, and to be conformed more into the image and the likeness of his son, like we've been talking about in recent programs, then continuing to beat them up is potentially going to push them further from Christ rather than draw them back into a right relationship with him. Well, I go after the the one, you know, I leave the 90 and nine in the fold and go after the one. Yeah. You know what I hear nine times out of 10? Why don't you come? Because, the you know, and I tell them the church is just a hospital for sick people. And they say, yeah, well, uh, some people aren't in ICU, and they let you know it. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is true. And that's what we're going to be looking at in today's broadcast. Open your Bible. Join us in James chapter 5 as we begin getting the backslider to slide forward. Here's Pastor Ford. Robert Robinson was wondrously saved. And just like many of us, he had the fire and the zeal of a newfound faith. Anybody remember that? How how zealous you were when you first accepted Jesus Christ? And and look how far you've come. You were all fired up. Now you're sitting there all cold and dead. No. Uh, (laughs) And uh, he became a pastor. 
And one day he was traveling in a coach and there was only one other person in the coach, a young lady who had just gotten saved. She was singing a song. And as she was singing the song, uh, she, was, she was looking at him and, and just smiling and rejoicing and praising the Lord. And uh, she looked at him and she said, sir, I love this song. Have you ever heard it? And she was singing. Here's the song she was singing. Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain fix upon it. Mount of thy redeeming love. And uh, she said, have you ever heard of it? He said, yes, I'm the one that wrote it. You see, he wrote the song in the zeal of his love for Christ, but when she confronted him, he had been backslidden. He was first a Methodist, and then he became a Baptist, so you see, he did grow. <laughs> and then he became a Unitarian, and of course, we know what they believe, that ultimately everybody's going to be saved. And then he just finally gave up and, and slid away from God, and God used this young lady to bring him back to fellowship with himself by reminding him of the hymn that he wrote. Now, now let me just say school some of you, because you don't know. This is called a hymn book. We used to use these, instead of putting it up on the screen, we used to use these. And, and let me just tell you that there's a lot of theology in a lot of the songs that we used to sing. Uh, because these songs were helping us to know something about Jesus instead of feel something about Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong, you know I'm a feel something person. Uh, you see me up here and I'm glad I got the pulpit to, to cover me up because whenever they hit my part, you know, I, I just go to town, you know, so I'm a feel something person. But these songs help you know something about God. Amen. And see, the more you know about God, the more you'll feel him. Feeling me? And, and so uh, uh, here's the part that he wrote that, that, that she reminded him of. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy grace, Lord, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel. Why y'all sitting there like you ain't never felt like doing something that you know you shouldn't be doing? Amen. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. See, see, he's a believer. He loves God. And he even as a new believer, he said, you know, sin pulls on us sometimes. Yeah. Boy, y'all acting all innocent up in here today. And here's how he finished it. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Man, he understood some things uh, that you and I need to understand, uh, that we are those who need to give our lives to Jesus Christ and allow him to strengthen us. This is what we're taught. You may be through with God, but God's not through with you. Somebody ought to thank God for that. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 14 says, Yahweh says, I'm married to the backslider. 
And so this song, the fourth stanza in particular, uh, led him to restoration in his fellowship with God. So here you have a person who was used as a believer to help another believer get back on track with God. Now, now, this is amazing to me that this is how James ends his book. You've read the other authors, most of them. What do they end their book with? I know I shouldn't have said it that way. Uh, with what do they end their book? Doxologies. Now unto him who's able to present you before his presence with exceeding joy uh, to the only wise God our Savior, on and on and on, always with a doxology. Well, he ends it the way he started it. So how did he start it? What was his focus? His focus is how do you recognize a mature believer? So he ends up, now get this, this is powerful, because all the way through he's saying, examine your life. Uh, from the human perspective, not from the divine. From the divine perspective, you're already covered. But from the human perspective, can people see that you belong to God by the way you act? If they understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, are they words that are coming out of the Bible? And so it basically, he, he's saying, uh, listen, I want you to do what I've been telling you to do through these five chapters. Make sure your Christianity is a lifestyle and not just a hobby. That's what he's going to say. And, and he ends it this way because there are those of us who are such self-righteous Pharisees that whenever somebody falls, instead of picking them up, we step on them. Instead of picking them up, we talk about them. Instead of picking them up, we disregard them, hate on them. And he says, hey, I want you to know the last thing I'm going to say is this. There are some believers who are really going to heaven, but they're living like hell. And he's saying, I want you to embrace them, to enfold them. Go get them. Go get them. Yeah. Go get them wherever they are. Go get them. What are you in the club making it rain? Well, go get them in the club. Just don't make it rain. Yeah, go get them. Go get them. He left the 90 and 9 and he went to get the one. In other words, is your Christianity just a hobby or is it a lifestyle? Say, what do you mean? See, see, is it a hobby or a lifestyle? In other words, you know Jesus, but you live like you belong to the devil. You have high praise, but you got low living. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is it a hobby or a lifestyle? Because you have a husband and a boo, and your boo is not your husband. Yeah, is it a hobby or a lifestyle because you praise God in the sanctuary and cuss people out in the parking lot? I tell you, I, it's all crowded in here. There's get some space up in here. Look at that. You got me blocked in. I've been standing here waiting on you. I, I parked my car over there so nobody blocked you. Here you come. You blocked me in. That's the same one that was in here. Hallelujah! Thank you. Yeah. Is it a hobby or a lifestyle? Because you believe in right living, but you still buying hot merchandise. Yeah, is it a hobby or a lifestyle? Because you have the Holy Spirit and a chick on the side. Yeah, is it a hobby or a lifestyle? Because uh, you got a Bible in one hand and a joint in the other hand. God, God had the herb yielding seed. 
You got a Bible in one hand and the Henny in another hand. Yeah, he turned water into wine and yeah, yeah, yeah. The spirit. Oh, yeah, the spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you mommy and daddy's little princess in the church, but you everybody's booty call at school. In here, you're religious Raymond, but out there, you got your pants on the ground and you banging. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you. You got your hands raised to bless God in here after you had just raised them to beat your wife and abuse your children. Hmm. Yeah, you turning on God, and you turning on the porn. Is it a hobby or a lifestyle? See, see, James says, I want you to care about every believer, especially those who aren't living right. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., a message called Getting the Backslider to Slide Forward. We're going to get back to this teaching in just one moment. I want to let you know as we begin this message, if you want to make sure that you don't miss any parts of this broadcast or a future broadcast in this short series, come to our website and sign up to begin podcasting the program. You'll find the links at treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, we are in James chapter 5, so join us there as we continue getting the backslider to slide forward. See, I've got so many uh, outlines for, for the book of James. Here's one. James chapter 1, he says, stand with confidence. James chapter 2, serve with compassion. James chapter 3, speak with care. James chapter 4, submit with contrition. James chapter 5, now share with concern. Uh, do you want to know if you're a mature believer? There's the five evidences in the five chapters. Uh, do you stand with confidence in the midst of your tribulation, your trial, your testing, your trouble? Do you serve with compassion? In other words, you, you really feel the pain of somebody as you are assisting them and helping them. Do you speak with care? Do you realize that the words that you speak should be sweet today because you may have to eat them tomorrow? Do you submit with contrition? In other words, you're here today and you ain't acting like you're doing God a favor. You're getting ready to give and you're going to tithe, but you're acting like you're doing God a favor. I, ain't, I got one yeah. I didn't get any amens on that one. You see how they do us preaching? <laughs> Yeah, and so here it is. He, he's saying, listen, the old adage is true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so that's the theme of these two verses. Here it is. Here's the theme. Let me read it to you. If we love, if we love our brothers and sisters in Christ, we will go after them when they go astray and break fellowship with Jesus Christ and us. So there are five reasons why in James chapter 5, 19 through 20. Let me give them to you. Notice here's the first reason we ought to go after those who are backslidden. And the reason is our relationship to the backslider. Notice the first word. What's the first word? Holler it out. Brethren. Brethren. Now what's it mean? Adelphos. What does it mean? Come on. From the same womb. I tell you all the time, everybody has how many births? 
Two births, one your mother told you about, the other you tell your mother about. In other words, we're born from the same womb. What womb? The womb of the Holy Ghost, that the Holy Spirit came into our dead human spirit and we were born again. So everybody who's born again is a brother and a sister in Christ. And he's saying, listen, we're family. We are family. Do, 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 do. All my brothers, sisters, and me. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> I knew they was going to do it. I knew they was going to do it. Brethren. So, so listen, he's talking to believers. How do I know that? He calls them brethren. He does not call unbelievers brethren. See, there are some who try to make this about salvation, and it's not. They're saying these are unsaved people he's talking to. No, he calls them brothers. He says if there are any among you, he's talking to the church. He's talking to believers. Now, granted, there are some people who are going to church but not going to heaven. Yeah, definitely. Yes, and there may be a few in here. Don't look around. We don't know. We can't see nobody's heart. Because I tell you, there's going to be three surprises in heaven. Say, what are they? Number one, there are going to be people up there. You're going to say, how'd you make it up here? Number two, there's going to be people that you're looking for that you thought was going to be up there, and they're not going to be there. Deacon so-and-so, every time he prayed, we had to put a new roof on the place. Well, his roof, his roof, his roof is on fire. <laughs> And the third surprise, you know what it is? You're going to be there. Yeah. And so, no, no, no. This, this is not talking to unbelievers. And I do admit that there are individuals uh, who have been pressed and starched, but they ain't never been washed. That's what it's really all about. And we got a whole lot of sanctuaries that are actually cemeteries. Come on, help me now. Tombstone Tabernacle with Reverend Dracula as the pastor with dead deacons living by funeralized finances and pastors giving eulogy theology. Uh, they're the assembly of the dead. They're the night of the walking dead. They're spiritual vampires who can't stand the light and shun away from the cross. Yeah. And then don't forget about Count Tocula. You say, don't you mean Count Chocolate? No, Count Tocula, backbiter. And, and there are a lot of people in none but a bunch of church-going devils. And here we understand James is saying, listen, it's implied that you already know Jesus because it's Jesus that makes us brethren. It's Jesus. Okay, I hate to get the Bible in this, but now a word from our sponsor. Acts 4.12, there is no other name uh, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That name is? Yeah, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. For I delivered unto you that which I also received, that died for our sins according to the Scripture. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. 1 Corinthians 2, 3. Paul said, I determined to know nothing among you, save and him crucified. Yeah, I see you reading the Bible too. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. His name is Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love towards us and while we were yet sinners, 
died for us. Yeah, Romans 10, 9, 10, that thou shalt confess Jesus as Lord and believe in thy heart that God raised thee from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. 1 John 5, 11 through 13. He that has the Son has the life. He that has not the Son of God has not the life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And this life is in his son, Jesus Christ. That's why in him we live and move and have our being. That's why apart from him we can do nothing because Christ plus nothing equals everything. And everything without Christ equals nothing. Come on, give him some praise in the house of the Lord. So he's saying, you can be a brother or a sister, say, yet slipping. Any slipping saints? I didn't say sipping. I know we got plenty of sipping saints. I said, do we have any slipping saints in the house? Yeah, and so he wants us to understand, yes, listen, that you need to understand uh, that you belong to them. Why? He's trying to create three things. You tell me that you hear me. Sensitivity. What's he trying to create? Why we need sensitivity? Because sometimes we are so insensitive. I tell you all the time, the Christian army is the only army that kills its own wounded. Being sensitive to individuals who happen to fall into sin. Then for responsibility. For what? And then for accountability. See, some people are going to say, ain't none of my business. And some of them will tell you, ain't your business. And some will say, well, I got my own issues. Some will say, well, he was without sin. Let him cast the first song. Some folk get upset, you know, if you get into their video trying to find out what flavor their Kool-Aid is. Well, live and let live, Pastor. No. James says we're family and we're going to go because of sensitivity, responsibility, and accountability. And we're going to minister to them, not to get someone told, not to get them straight, not to give them a piece of our mind. And you don't want to give any more of that away. You ain't got that much left. Yeah. Well, for some of us, that is probably true. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford and the first part of a message called Getting the Backslider to Slide Forward. It's a look at James 5, verses 19 and 20, and we'll continue this teaching next time on the broadcast. Hope you'll make it a point to tune in. But if you know you can't be by your radio, you don't have to miss Pastor Ford's teaching. Come to the website right now. Sign up to begin podcasting the program. That way you can listen whenever it fits your schedule. You can also download the Moody Radio app, and you'll find a link to that when you come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org, or you'll find it by going to your favorite app store and searching for Moody Radio. And whether you listen online, on the air, or maybe through some mobile device, we're glad that you found us and that you're listening each and every day. And if this program is making a difference in your life, we'd love to hear about it. Click on the contact link when you come to treasuredtruthradio.org. Really quickly before we go, this is a listener-supported broadcast, and that means we do depend on your generosity to keep Pastor Ford's teaching on the air. So if you're benefiting, would you give a gift? 
come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on the donate link. There you can give a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift. Either way, your giving is really appreciated and a huge encouragement. Again, come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on donate. Well, I want to say thank you for, uh, for giving, for listening, and also a big thanks to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.